0: Hello everyone, I am Brennan Sahajan and I tend bar at Washington State's best beer bar, the Manitou Tap House. I decided to make a podcast because the regular customers who come in are the most eclectic group of people I have ever met. And I want all of you to know the perspective and stories from the people from my bar. My guest today has been a Tap Club member for many years. He's the guy sitting at the bar with his laptop open, Cody. He's a multi talented outdoorsman with a great sense of humor, never without a witty quip. I'm proud to know him and have him talk about computers, life, and not politics. You all are going to love Dan Sidaway. Oh. We are
1: recording. Okay.
0: Sounds good. Don't freeze up, Dan. I'm, I'm going to try not to. <laughs> uh. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for coming, and I appreciate your time. Oh, it's
1: my, my pleasure.
0: I, I know how important time is, and uh, yeah, I don't want to take advantage of that. Um, so, first question, since I did not send them to you, and I apologize, uh, the first question is, is a doozy, and it actually could take up a lot of time. Um. It is, who are you? And... <laughs> 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 what has led you to be that person? What was your original face before you
1: were born? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, gosh. Um, Say on the outset, my name's Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometime drinker. <laughs> Patron of MTH, obviously. Sometime drinker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, this I'm, guy. I'm more than a sometime drinker. <laughs> um, gosh. Ah, uh, wow! That really doesn't quite a bit of uh, angles, right? Yeah. So Prof- just professionally, just, just personally, take one um, of them
0: and start going, and then bring another one in, and then meet them together or something.
1: Well, I I'd, I'd say that um I'd say that uh, a lot of the folks at the bar know me as the guy who's been bringing in the laptop from Time Memorial and sitting down and doing some computer stuff and one hundred percent. And that is uh, so interesting thing about that. Like that, ab- that absolutely goes back. There's some taproot stuff for that. Um, we had uh, had a great IBM AT computer, one of those old clackety clack keyboards, a couple yeah. of actual floppy drives. Um, growing yeah. up, my, my folks, uh, at least my mom, um, grew up taking these uh, these like high school classes through University of Utah, getting in on computer science back in the like 60s and 70s and whatnot, and. So computer
0: science in the 60s and 70s right yeah, that so would be
1: like, an interesting
0: thing to see now.
1: So it's really funny like mm-hmm. little digression right so punch card programming, batch processing, all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. sort of the sort of thing where you know you'd, you'd write a program, you'd punch it in you you'd hand it off to somebody and then only only the next day did you find out that you you know made a syntax error and the thing didn't even compile at all or heaven forbid it did and it gave you the wrong answer or all this sort of stuff so wow. so anyway, she, you know, she wanted wanted to have her kids kind of exposed to the up and coming personal computer revolution. So we had one of those guys. Um, I remember. Uh,
0: and you had an IBM. You didn't have an Apple. Right.
1: Yeah, we had we had an IBM. I was I was IBM for like all the way through through high school. Um, only got wow. into only got my Apple laptop, the one that you see me with uh, back in like twenty eleven or so.
0: No kidding. It's
1: it's a Laster. Um, and I, I and I got that one because uh, you know Apple's got a BSD based operating system and. And I had kind of picked up Linux and kind of wanted to keep that thing going. Became more comfortable with that, but but I will I will get to that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, do, do. Uh, I, but yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the words, but I
0: that is the extent of it.
1: <laughs> no, it's great. So so like picture uh, picture this picture this kid uh, second third grade or something sitting uh, basically like transcribing game instructions in the basic programming language from, from a book. <gasps> To, like, program things like tic-tac-toe and, like, all these little, like, very basic, logically simple guessing games, right? Yeah. But it was just the coolest thing to, like, actually write this out, have it run on this archaic computer, yeah, Yeah. that I couldn't otherwise, you know. So did you
0: you have, like, the... Because the only thing that I, in my very minimal amount of um, coding knowledge that I'm aware of was... Back long in the eighties, like they had logos where there's oh, like lo- this little turtle thing, and you type stuff, and it would do different
1: things. Did so you? I yeah, mm. I, I, I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, and, and the the program was called Turtle, right? And and it, and it actually, Maybe. at least I think I think that was the case. There have been some some um, adoptions of that in other programming languages, more or less, kind of as an homage. Okay. Um, when I was, again, when I was in grade school, I you know, I was really into Legos too. Like it all, yeah. it's all of a piece, right? Sure. Legos kind of taught sure. me modularity like building these spaceships, uh, yeah. kind of freehand that would snap together. Yeah. You'd build it with the Lego mentality. It's like, I always, I'd always build the instructions first. And oh. then once I, once I'd done that, I took it all apart and I threw away the instructions mm-hmm. and then I just started, um, started just building freehand Yeah, and, and it was great. I had a lot of fun with it, but, um. There was a, a class that I took. Uh, it was a summer class at, at Roosevelt Elementary over mm-hmm. there on Fourteenth. Uh, that was a Lego Logo class, and it was the it was that logo programming language. Like this would have been, gosh, like circa ninety four, okay. three ninety four, something yeah. like that. I want to say, um, and it was a lot of fun because um, hey, you can actually use computers to do interesting things. Yeah, which is. Um, you know now they now they got the, like Legos Mindstorms, which was I think an offshoot of Seymour Papert, this computer science guy turned educator. Yeah, um, right. was really interested in that sort of stuff. But um, but yeah, I'm just I'm super excited about uh, all of these little hardware software interactions that kids get to play with these days. Yeah, it's it's I, um, I, I, really I, I can't even picture. <laughs> you know these where these folks are gonna go.
0: I I I, I totally regret that I didn't jump on to that bandwagon or whatever you want to call it but I might I might have just been like a little too early like I was I, I I'm just I'm just like five years too old to have like had enough interest in that you know to jump into it I think
1: oh I see yeah you know yeah um, but
0: well anyway that's but that that was all that I knew was that logos program and it and it didn't look like a turtle it looked like a just <laughs> it's Like a little blip walking <laughs> down it, 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 it didn't walk. It was just a triangle in the middle of the screen. And if you pressed certain keystrokes, the triangle would do things. <laughs> and that was all that I really understood. is that If you typed certain things, it would make a circle. Or if you hmm. did something else, it would like do something else. And you could, in depending on how much of the language you knew, you could make it do really like complex, like spirograph things. Oh, stuff. totally, and, dude. And, and <laughs> it, I mean, I never saw anybody do it, but I, I heard that that's what the capability was. And I just, <laughs> I'm like, this stupid thing where you can't even, like, you have to press up and it doesn't <laughs> do anything? Well, so see, I, you know, I just didn't get it. And, but what you're saying is that, like, your mom forced you into it. It's so awesome. I wish that I, I, I wish I was in the same boat.
1: Well, and the funny thing about that is, like, I, I mean, I wasn't all that, all that experimental. I mean, the, the thing about, the thing about, basically, I guess, all the programming languages from that era. You know, we we talk about, uh, you know, the kind of the bygone days of these great command line utilities, all these Unix Linux things that were yeah. written, and some some of the old programs are still the best programs because mm. people were much more deliberate about designing them. It was it was <clears throat> computer science proper. It wasn't, yeah. uh, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I've got computing resources. And, you know, getting back to that whole, it takes forever for this thing to compile in the first place, so I'm going to be mm-hmm. very careful about how I design it or how I write it. Um, today, I mean, there's this, I mean, I'm not going to say that people aren't as thoughtful today and that there's not in all, a lot of tooling around this, but you'll still see people leaning on these old, you know, Unix Command line programs that were that, that date back to the '70s are written by all these computer science luminaries who have long since retired, mm-hmm. and they're st- and they're still the best. Wow! Like they're still very powerful, and a lot of a lot of things are just kind of built on top of that. So, so that was um, so I, I grew up with after this IBM machine, um, we went straight on to, you know an old Packard Bell, sixty six megahertz with you know maybe a couple hundred megabytes of hard oh, drive space yeah, like. Yeah. And uh, and that was yeah that was running Windows three point one for the longest time so that was my introdu- introduction to like a proper windowed environment yeah. uh, got into um, started dialing up BBSs clogging the phone line in our house um, <laughs> which was which was kind of the best my first email address was was off of one of these guys um, and that was just yeah it's like hey yeah, it's a whole new world there are all these people out there that kind of are into the same thing and we're gonna go play some multi user dungeon games and run up our hours worth of daily time allotment on this BBS. And
0: yeah. and
1: then I'd go, you know, a lot of, a lot of these folks, I would, you know, so, some of these were my classmates that we just happened to be on the same bulletin board. And we'd meet up at middle school the next day and talk about, oh yeah, yeah. Do you, <laughs> you see my level up or my stats or <laughs> wow. my fight with this guy or whatever? And, and that, you know, that cut both ways. I remember I kind of got like overzealous at one point, uh, as tends to happen, like the top player basically just stopped showing up, so his character was deleted after thirty days or whatever it was. Yeah. And I bumped to the top and I I just became a freaking tyrant on this. Like I just go in and slay everybody who was even approaching my level and um I remember there there's a buddy of mine, we're we're still really good friends, he lives out in Chini these days and we collaborate on music from time to time, but he was uh, he was one of the he was like up there in kind of the pantheon there and, and I remember fairly shamelessly like picking a fight with him online and, and slaying his character and showing up the next day and we were we had to iron that one out
0: it's like oh wait we have to see each other in real life, right <laughs> yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> um dialing, dialing a little back though to that um to that early basic programming like it was it was not all that exploratory so what i was going to get at with logo and all of these some of these early programming languages they're they're expressive enough to you know, let you do run the whole gamut geometrically, mathematically. I mean, they're written by mathematicians, nerds, CS folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just not knowing enough math, which is probably why I started getting into math team and studying that fairly in earnest, starting in, you know, like middle school, high school. Really? Um, yeah, you I was... A, that
0: math was important in the computer world? I think so. At that early age? I
1: think so. So it was like computers first, right? <laughs> computers were... I, I knew that... Um, you know, I was, I was transcribing these rote instructions and, and maybe kind of like getting a, kind of an osmotic feel for the, the syntax and mm-hmm. feeling confident enough to maybe, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to change this 10 to a 20 or I'm going to add another print line in here and just kind of see what it does, right? Just mm-hmm. baby steps of exploration. Um, and I guess, you know, from my, my folks is, my folks are both legal professionals and, like to think that I kind of had a sort of a preternatural logic brain. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I gravitated toward was, was science, math. Um, I remember, I think it was like in sixth grade or something like that, uh, we were asked what our dream career would be. And uh, I said something like nuclear physicist. <laughs> and again, <laughs> it's made its way to our next door neighbors. And, and, and my, I still get this from when I go over to see them. Like uh, my friend's mom's like, God, I just, I just can't, can't get over the fact that like that was your, like that's what you singled out, was like nuclear physics. (laughs) I mean, that, that
0: might be the future of power,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, may well be, may well be. Oh, interesting. But, um, so yeah, like, here, here's my, here's my obligatory glory days story. Um, starting in, starting in high school, I joined the, uh, LC math team. So okay. 98 to 2002 and, and I got, uh, I remember I, we, we did, uh, it was, it was actually our math team coach who kind of got this thing started. Um, there was a, he, he did a competition over in Seattle, competition in Spokane, I think a competition in Moses Lake. The finals were always in Moses Lake, so we'd all just bus over there and, uh, I I just I did really well. Um where's a horn to toot? Um <laughs> <laughs> Um and Whoa. yeah, and, and and just uh yeah uh found my niche. Um come senior year when they were doing the Spokane Scholars thing, I got one of those awards, which was great. This huge boost of confidence going out to UW Dub and wow. got into the advanced math program over there and then immediately screwed the pooch. Um because uh I can't even there. imagine what that would look like. <laughs> well, it's, uh, so, as, as high school age kids tend to do, uh, other things, other, other priorities start cropping up, you know, mm-hmm. I, I put an end to my piano lessons, I was, you know, I did pretty well playing piano as a kid too, and still very much enjoy music, um, and this is where i met. Can t- you sit
0: down at a piano and play
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, reasonably well. I can do, I can do scales. I can, I got a few songs that are still kind of written in my muscle memory. Um, yeah, trying to, I mean, music, music and math go hand in hand. totally Yeah. So, so that was another, you know, great thumbs up to the parents for getting me involved in that too. And having a, having a teacher who, yeah, that we're, you know, Tim and I are still going to see on a, as regular basis as we can right. great guy um, his his whole philosophy was you know he'd, he'd compete in the local like music fest northwest formerly the the Spokane music and allied arts competition who is it? Uh, his name is Joseph Kleiss and he's still, Kleis. yeah, he still yeah he still teaches piano he used to um used to teach at Gonzaga when okay. I was taking lessons from him back in that uh, it's that that music building that they have with like the widow's walk around it maybe like a block or two west of St. Al's okay um, yeah, yeah. So I'd go there after um, after high school like he'd, we'd do the home lessons when I was still in elementary school but I'd go there go there after high school um, and sit down for half an hour hour or so and try and fake my way through having not practiced the week before. <laughs> it was really yeah. embarrassing toward the end but yeah um, but yeah his, so his whole thing was like we he, he's not he's not the taskmaster. he's not the guy who's who's trying to you know win awards and make a name for himself. He was always. To his credit, I just I just want to instill a lifelong love of music in my students, and and he
0: did.
1: Even though I say so myself, I think he succeeded admirably. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, gosh. So yeah. Um, Following that particular thread into college, uh, so what
0: was this?
1: So the so the hang up was I you know I uh, had my had my first sip of beer had my first puff off of a off of a weed pipe and oh, gotcha. kind of uh, especially that latter one I, I really I really took to pretty heavily um, toward the end of my high school career I remember I did so, end up getting detention the end of my senior year because I had completely checked I mean everybody kind of checks out at that point I yeah. I had applied to two schools got into you got into U didn't get into um, Harvey Mudd, which is the other one I applied to and so I was like yeah okay they want me, they're going to take me in the, the advanced math program. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm out. Vacant. <laughs> am just it. <faking. laughs> yeah, that was it. So made it over there. And that, um, unfortunately that was a, that was a path that had, had run pretty deep by that point. So I made it, uh, I made it through the first year of the advanced. It was a two year advanced math program before you start getting into the, you know, three and four level stuff, mm-hmm. capstone stuff. Um, And yeah, I got through the, got through the first year, um, got about halfway through that first quarter of sophomore year, um, and just completely checked out and it was just kind of a slow slide there. I think I, I'd had enough credits from AP and everything like that to, to kind of like get to the end of my junior status or whatever, um, before I got kicked out the first time. (laughs) The first time, (laughs) one of the most difficult conversations I had with my folks, but they're surprisingly cool about his parents tend to be um had a had a friend who went to bat for me uh, wrote me a wrote me a letter i reapplied was back in there i think i made it another three quarters or so and then i was it was the same it was kind of the same deal just like college is it's just not not for me like i i like to think i'm kind of more autodidactic like i i will i am passionate about things i will follow these things to their you know logical conclusion um mathematics enthusiast all the way but not, not really one for kind of the formal structure of it um, which, is, which is neither here nor there like I don't, I don't want to be one of those guys like oh I was too good for college or anything like that because I hear, I hear that from time to time from, from younger folks who especially like now that they hear these stories of Bill Gates and you know a few other folks who, who were college dropouts from prestigious colleges who then yeah. went on to and you know Zuckerberg too and all that sort of stuff And I'm thinking, you know, it's, why would you, why would you ever give that up if you had that opportunity? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, it's, it's not glamorous. Yeah. Um, I am not proud of it Mm -hmm. by any means. Um, so yeah, there's that. (laughs) I I totally did.
0: Out out of high school, I was, there was, my mind was made up that I wasn't going to go to college because I thought that the. Professors were so high and mighty that they wanted to change all of these young minds, you know. And I was just like, "No way!" Yeah, I, I, <laughs>
1: that reminds, that's never happening to me. That reminds me of that Boondock. <laughs> just seen that Boondocks episode where it's like, <laughs> it was like Huey and Riley. Huey or Riley's like chewing out, uh, chewing out here. He's like some, something along the lines of, uh, "See, that's your problem, Huey. You believe anything that anybody says or put in a book, bu- puts in a book. Me." I keep my mental mind extra tight. Nothing's getting, nothing's getting in and out. And it's like... Yeah. The wry smile. Yeah. That's,
0: that's, that's pretty much where I was. I was I, I was like... I have everything figured out. So, why do I need these... Whatever.
1: And why would you pay yeah, for exactly, that? For like, these guys oh my to goodness. manipulate
0: me and change the way that I... It's like... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good thinking.
1: Man. I will say... Um, the the thing that I that I did get out of um, probably the best thing I got out of UW I don't I don't want to discount discount the you know the math math stuff that I went through there because I did learn a whole lot um, but I think I think my favorite thing that I got out of UW was uh, uh, one of my former uh, math team classmates who was a year ahead of me had gone to UW and and uh, gotten a job at the engineering library there on mm-hmm. campus and she got reached out to me and said that they were you know hiring another student assistant to work the circ desk and shovel and do all this sort of stuff and and I go in for that interview and uh, and they said <laughs> this 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 woman I mean, we still stay in touch like every time I'm over in Seattle she's still the manager at, of the circulation desk over there and we just chatted up all the time she's great um cool but, uh, I went over, went over for the interview and, you know, they're kind of like getting a feel for my like organizational skills. Um, and so I, I volunteer the fact that, yeah, you know, I've been curating this MP3 collection for, <laughs> for like four or five years ever since, uh, you know, ever since Napster or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, and we went like quick aside, like my, my family, we were, we were over in DC and, um, april 2001 when all those hearings were going down right so oh, no so i um i you know begged and pleaded with uh, with my folks to let us go to this you know pre-demonstration event the yeah. night the night before i think it was like ken one of the kennedy sent some kennedy center in washington sure. dc like uh and freaking sean fanning was there chuck d was there these people that That's i've lars been reading Ulrich about there. lars <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Lars would have been booed out of the building oh, at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, who were, who were like the the four horsemen of the anti uh, anti Nast was like Lars and Missy Elliott, and there were a few folks who came out really early on and said. Well, was, Lars and
0: Missy Elliott were big. Well, Lars was kind of the biggest. Lars
1: part. was the spearhead for sure. And then there were, there were a few folks that got to kind of jump on that bandwagon. But hey, look at look where history got us, yeah, right? Exactly. It's all streaming now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, whatever. You know. But but, uh, but yeah, so we went to that event, and then uh, my, my younger brother and I, uh, my youngest brother, I uh, got two younger brothers, um, youngest brother and I uh, went down to this little diner, which was the unofficial meetup spot for this, you know, waltz up to the Senate chambers where they are having the hearing. Got these sky blue Napster Cat t-shirts with the date on it. I wish I had saved it. I think oh, it's like yeah. sitting in a value, Vill- value village bin somewhere at this point, or hopefully... Uh. Maybe occupying a place in somebody's closet, but uh, yeah, wow. went up went up there. Uh, it was it was, I was, it was my first visit to you know the halls of power up on Capitol Hill, and it was yeah, a lot been, of fun. And never dri- been there. yeah, <laughs> so they um, that's actually I think one of the first. So if you you know do the Google yourself vanity sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, that used to be one of the first things that came up for me. And and the the best part about it is I remember uh, so we got interviewed by by some local paper out of DC, out of D C and. And my younger brother is quoted as saying something like, uh, "You know, in response to why are, why are you here? Oh, he dragged me along." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure he is glad that you dragged him along. I I think I yeah, think he yeah he wears that as kind of a badge. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so anyway, this uh, this library interview just was like, okay, yeah, tell me about your Epicure collection. Where would you cat like the the question the question I remember being asked was something like. Uh, so, so what do you do with, like, the The article in front of all these names? Like, do you, do you toss that in the back or you just put it up front? I'm like, no, just, I'll leave it as its style, man. And so she's like, so so The The would, like, come next to... Cause there was a band called The The, apparently. Really? Which is, yeah. The was, The. The The. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. a great name. Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was her little quip, and, you know, she offered me the job, and I took it, and I stayed on there for, for three years, and the best part about it was, you know, I'd... Uh, I'd go in and, you know, I'd spend a fair amount of time behind the circulation desk kind of, uh, you know, helping out, helping out students. Uh, remember there was this one guy, I think he was like a mechanical engineering professor who like every day we'd have to pull six or seven books off the shelves. He had this, basically like his spot yeah. on the whole shelf. Freaking bizarre. Cool guy. Um, very, very no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like going up and you know, like shelf reading, you know, checking the order stuff, um, pulling, pulling books, reshelving, all that sort of stuff. Um, I would, I'd be doing this and I'd be, I'd be just like scanning the shelves, just as a matter of course, and find some book that I thought was really cool. So I'd flip out my notebook and make a little, make a little note of it. And sooner or later, I started checking out a bunch of these things myself and, and it was just, um, it instilled
0: the specific. Mechanical engineering books?
1: Oh no, not the mechi stuff. Oh, uh, more, wow. more the you know the the math and oh, okay. computer. Like we had a lot of stuff on, you know, reference books on protocols like TCP/IP. Sure. Um, yeah, A uh, ton, ton of like more hardware based sort of stuff. So, you know, if I wanted to learn everything there was to know about, uh, oh gosh, what is it like cell phone broadcasting protocols or something? Could mm-hmm. go. Pull a book off the shelf that I would probably end up spending eighty bucks to buy if I wanted to buy it on Amazon. All this stuff is thin but specialized. Yeah. I bet. So so it was great to have access to that and uh, <clears throat> and yeah, it just instilled in me like this lifelong love of the library system. Like to this day, I I go out of my way. I don't buy books. I don't buy DVDs. I request them through the library, um, interlibrary loan, tops. Yeah, um, and they, and frankly, like the Spokane Library will will buy quite a lot of, of what you request. No um, kidding. I did a public records request, and again, like, yeah, super vain of me to do so. I kind of wanted to like get a get a catalog of like the stuff that I'd added to the collection, right? So I got this. I, I asked them basically for like my checkout records and and request <laughs> records stuff like this, and I and I get this list, and. Uh, <laughs> And it's just, it's, I don't know, it was, just, it was just really interesting. Like, it's nice to, it's nice to be able to be a part of a community like that. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's part of it, you, I guess, at least for my part, like, it started off really selfish, like, I want this book. Um, and now it's more like, oh, well, I, I wouldn't request it if I didn't think other people might benefit from it as well. Like, hmm. or at least I make, I, I make a point of filling <laughs> out Filling out the form a little bit more completely than I do because they always ask about how'd you how'd you hear about it. Um, yeah. What's your attachment to this? So, one that I requested most recently that they they did not buy because it was a little bit of a pricey item was the the Criterion Collection Lone Wolf and Cub <laughs> DVDs.
0: I'm not familiar
1: with it. It's a uh, it's a manga series from the seventies. Oh. Um, if you're are, are you familiar with the uh, like Wu Tang Clan like Jizza's yeah. Liquid Swords Probably. album? You know you know how that album begins that uh My dad was the yeah the greatest samurai in the empire yeah. shogun's decapitator that but is the
0: shogun was afraid of him <laughs> yeah. he so wasn't beautiful. scared of the shogun but the oh.
1: shogun was afraid of him yes. maybe that was the problem I'll, oh. dude i'll just i'll, gosh, spit, I'll just I spit that one out that. long form but i love that and they brought that back for kill bill volume 2 right so yeah. so like they're watching that she's watching that with her daughter and the that that is a 100% a rizza contribution like they're he and Tarantino were sitting around shooting the shit. At some point, it's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we <laughs> tossed some Shogun Assassin in there? So, Shogun Assassin was a 1980 mashup of the first two. I think there's like seven films that they made in Japan in uh, the like early to mid 70s based on this series, and they're, I mean, brutals, all yeah. hell as you might imagine. Um, but uh, but yeah, the en- English language version is what is what they sampled. And, oh. in, like, in, like, all of that stuff in Liquid Sword, the choose the ball, join, you know, choose the sword, join me, choose the yeah. ball, join your, join your mother and dad. That's all Lone Wolf and Cub. No
0: kidding.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. That's awesome. So I said... I
0: only, I've always wondered, like, why, where is this stuff?
1: So, and then, yeah, the other, well, incidentally, the other big one, so, you know, 36 Chamber, Shaolin, naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, all those um, Gordon Liu movies from from back in the day. Yeah. And that's, that again, that's probably another RZA influence, like, because Gordon Liu was cast as uh, Pi May in Kill Bill films, yeah. same dude, yeah. and uh, yeah, so it's it's all it's all a rich it's a rich tapestry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, so yeah, they they didn't buy that one for me on budgetary reasons. I I still like to think it's because they went to Amazon and read the reviews and it's like yeah, this is really gory stuff and <laughs> probably not palatable to the entire to library the audience. Yeah, but but they're pretty they've been they've been pretty good. Um and so, yeah, the ability as a college student to be able to like to know that there is this whole system in place and and you know if they don't have it, somebody else else will and they'll get it to me and um and so yeah, like if I was cynical about college before i that only increased it because you can go to Seattle Public Library and ask them to do this hey, like well, that's I mean <laughs> goodwill good hunting right. <laughs> A little a little bit, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> hmm. I don't I, yeah, I, I wish I wish I had a bit more of a memory <laughs> for that <laughs> I need I need this stuff like beaten into me with a stick sometimes, but <laughs> um,
0: well, I, so well this this leads me to ask you, like, so when you when you're just thinking of you know this person inside my head that's talking. Do you think like, I mean, what do you think? You think it's the math loving computer whiz, or is that is that the person who you define yourself as? Or? So
1: I, I think the I think the best way to put it um, the way I like to put it is uh, so my you know my my mom like I said you know went went through all of this you know she's very very studious I mean both my folks were studious but my mom was always on the straight and narrow her her dad was a was a lawyer, um, well-respected lawyer in Salt Lake who, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll, I'll, incidental story, story there, but I'll hold off on it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she, she was always, she's always been like the, the, the Spock, I guess, like the f- sh- very shamelessly logical. logical. Yeah. yeah. Not, I'm not to say that she's not emotional or anything like that. Sure, she absolutely is. But, but, um, excuse me. She's, um, she's got more of a, I would, I would say like more of a precise way of thinking, mm-hmm. um, regimen way of thinking. Uh, my dad who grew up on a farm in, uh, in Southeastern Idaho, uh, ended up, uh, so if I recall correctly, the, the arrangement among his, among his folks, my grandparents, uh, was that, so my, my grandfather was Mormon, my grandmother was Catholic, and it was something like, we're going, to, we're going to raise him Mormon, but he's going to go to a Catholic college. So he graduated from, uh, I think it was South, South, yeah, South Fremont High School, and went to Notre Dame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um, and then ended up coming back to uh, University of Utah, um, Quinney School of Law, and that's where my folks met. Um, oh, okay. So all this to say that you know, my dad has always been more of the people person. He mm-hmm. is, he will chat up anybody. Uh, he... He really just loves to get to know people. Cool. And so I like to think, um, I, I was absolutely an introvert as a kid, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Like we did, I was in the Tessera program in, yep. in elementary school and we did the whole Myers-Briggs, you know, yep. here's your four letters or whatever. And I was basically the most, you know, cloistered, <laughs> introverted type there was. What were you? I think it was like an INTJ or something I like T-J that.
0: I'm an ISTJ.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And I remember uh, one, of, one of my one of my teachers was like, well, you know, we're going to take this test, and it's not written in stone or anything like that. But, uh, but but I found myself, you know, becoming a little bit more of an extrovert mm-hmm. these days and kind of adopting my, my dad's way of thinking. So all this all this to say that um, I've got my mom's brain, I've got my dad's heart. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, right that's, how, that's how I like to sum it up. All right. So... Um, yeah, I do, you know, in, in my, in my quiet personal moments, I do think of myself as like the, you know, the studious regimented computer programmer type, but, um, you know, why keep it to yourself? Right. Which is kind of why I like kind of got into like math tutoring, like in, in high school, certainly I was the guy that, um, you know, we'd go and meet at Starbucks and I would help people through their homework and oh, okay. teach some classes on, uh, you know, I took the AB test as a junior. So going into senior year, kind of helping, helping the Calc teacher generate some enthusiasm for taking those and trying to explain Damn these dude. things in my own words. And wow, really? yeah, so, um, and I did, uh, I think it was, gosh, it would have been probably like three or four years ago. I was a, um, homework center, uh, assistant at North Central. Oh, cool. which was a lot of fun and yeah. I kind of want to get back into that because there's nothing like I mean yeah it's all well and good to, to know this stuff but
0: well, North Central's got that cool STEM school thing going too
1: oh do they do right yeah like they um, they were building that that outbuilding when I was yeah. when I was still up there um, and now yeah like considering the rep um, I had heard like growing up that North Central was not it was gap- all that great a school yeah gap- like... back in
0: the day but now it's way but now
1: stuff. yeah now it's now it's pretty sweet so yeah, it's totally cool Oh, okay yeah more power to
0: them yeah uh, i mean and you know you should you should look into that
1: well it's really fun like um and even when i was even when i was like tutoring there they were still doing these you know i'd look at the look at their worksheets and i, I really got into it like there's all of this stuff about um you know math education and there's oh god there's some there's some buzzwords and there's some names that i want to drop i'm having a hard time remembering them but uh, this this notion of um like you're you're basically not you're not you're not trying to teach rote skill memorization. You're trying to take a more exploratory path and kind of let the students teach one another. Sure. There's yeah. a. Yeah, I'll try to remember the the name for it, but but like I'm I'm reading these books, right? Because I want to take this whole thing seriously.
0: It's Like the constructivist um, form of, like Montessori style.
1: Kind sort of, of yeah, it's of, very or. Montessori-ish. Mm-hmm. It's it's got yeah, it's got it's it's got a name for it. I'll 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 remember it at some point, but. Mm-hmm. Um, But I come in like, I'm, I'm all jazzed about this being like, maybe here's what they're trying to do. And the, um, so this is for, for, through the communities and schools program, which I later learned Ben Stuckert was a kind of like a part of, Mm -hmm. in a in a big way. Um, but, uh, like chatting with these folks, it was, it was kind of, um, yeah, this is what we'd like to do, but then I see the worksheets and it's like, here, do the same problem like eight times. And these are like, these are trig worksheets, right? So, yeah. you know, a bunch of right triangles. Here's a couple size, you know, solve for X sort of, sort of deal. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I could, I could go out there and we could, we could, you know, tie a, tie a washer to a string and take a protractor and measure an angle, measure the distance that we're, see, we've stepped out from the building, measure the angle of the top. And wouldn't you like to know how tall your school is? Like that, that sort yeah. of stuff, like maybe some more applied. Yeah,
0: way more practical.
1: So, and that's, I mean, that's kind of where, you know, late, late in life, I, I imagine my second career will be high school math teacher. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the sort of exploratory stuff that, I, that I'd like to get people involved with. Um, I would hope that there, there would be a higher degree of coding literacy at that point. It seems like that's where things are going. I'm
0: pretty sure there will be that at that point.
1: Yeah. So at that point, we we're all, you know, we all got our tablets out or whatever, and yeah. we're playing with all these mathematical models and... Building right. sophisticated, unconventional solutions to problems that have plagued, <laughs> plagued developers for a good yeah, long while. And
0: <laughs> solving all the problems of
1: society. Um, well. Would that, would that we could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would that it were all computer based. Oh, wait. <clears throat> a lot of the problems are caused by <laughs> rush to computer based yeah. solutions. <laughs> so. No. And well, now, now begins the political... No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, no, really. I, 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 I,
0: all, of, all, all the questions are, are, are kind of... They're sort of tied in together, but I'm trying to think of like how I could segue into the second question, because <laughs> I don't think I can. Um, uh, I'm just going to ask you the That's, next question. Sounds good. <laughs> it is, uh, what is worth dying for? and uh, oh yeah. man so, oh man so, so I, I i know we're uh talk, we're we're good, talking talking about life and things first but then i i jump right into the you know beyond life so what mm-hmm. is worth dying for and um uh, along those lines do any causes or does any cause
1: hold enough weight to even oh goodness hair <laughs> well as a as a thirty-five-year-old who does not have kids and who does not have any plans to have kids, um, like that—that'd be my my obvious answer, right? Like you're gonna yeah. You're People gonna, that you're have gonna, children, d- that is yeah.
0: that is like the definitive answer. But yeah, you're gonna you do want, whatever you can. But but me me ha- you know I have three kids. Um, I automatically want to say yeah you know I would I totally jump from the truck for my kids whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I I would die for my children, but. The reality of the situation is, until something happens, I don't know what I'm really going to do. It's easy to say that I'm going to die for anybody for whatever, <laughs> but, you know, is that, is that really going to happen? Who knows? Um, is it, are my kids worth dying for? 100%. Am I really going to do it? I don't know. So, mm-hmm. that being said, that answer has been exhausted. So, <laughs> and well,
1: and, and you don't have
0: children, so so all right. What do you, well, what, what do you think? You ever think about that kind of stuff?
1: You know, um, gosh, I it's it's probably been a long while. I uh, it's been a, been a right when I had um, had less immediate concerns and a and a penchant for philosophizing. <laughs> Um, I I started thinking about it. I know uh, one one of the lines. And this is by no means an answer to the question, but one of the lines that comes to mind when you ask that is that uh, that line from from Gandhi, where he's standing up in front of the crowd in South Africa, and he says, "Yeah, I I too would be willing to die for this cause, but there would be no cause for which I'd be willing to kill." Or yeah. Something like that. So, I gosh, I don't, I don't know, man. That's a that is a really tough one. Um, I mean. I guess, so, so I, one of the, one of the big pursuits I think in, in human lives in general is like trying to lose yourself in, in a cause, like no matter what that cause is, that's, that's bigger than yourself, right? Sure. And so once, I guess once you find yourself in that niche, then you probably are willing to just kind of by default do whatever it takes to protect this, this larger thing, um,
0: have you I mean, seen, have you seen, I'm sure you have,
1: yeah. Mr. Robot? Oh, yeah, yeah, the first season or so. Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched it all the way. Season. Yeah. Oh, okay, shoot. No, is I was gonna say, like, end. that, that, that first, that beginning of that first episode is just, it's so good. It's, like, <laughs> technically on point. I was, As far as lo- yeah, yeah, as far oh, as, I like, understand. here's how I traced you, here's, like, I bet. They're, they're not shy about, shy, <laughs> or they're not shy about, like, showing the command line, yeah. you know, the way they did, and, like, remember, it's a whole big to-do in matrix reloaded when it showed her using nmap to like hack into whatever whatever she was trying to infiltrate at the time but um but yeah um
0: well i I, that that's the only thing that i can i was trying to think of something that was relatable to like what you do and (laughs) you gotta watch the next two seasons (laughs) (laughs) man. well i can see so so
1: so i read this i read this great book um it's uh, it's very obscure it's called it's called factor man mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all about the, the whole premise of this book is here's this guy who who resolves the p equals np conjecture in the affirmative which is basically to say that any i mean the, here's the here's the cute little explanation that i'm gonna trot out from what i've read um any problem that um, you know no matter how, how difficult the solution is to come by, if it's if it's like more or less easy to check, mm-hmm. then it should be easy to solve in the first place. Um, I think predominantly computer computer scientists do not believe that the two these are these are complexity classes in C.S. Jargon, but um, they predominantly do not believe that these two are equal. But suppose for the sake of drama and a novel yes. that that they are and that somebody develops this they go through this whole sequence of, okay, I'm announcing this to the world. Um, I'm going to auction off the technology to the highest bidder at the end of this. And I'm going to use this technology um, as a proof of concept to the people who would be bidding on it to factor ever larger um, products of two primes, right? So basically like the foundation upon which a lot of cryptography is based. Mm -hmm. Like here's here's two really big prime numbers, multiply them together, you get this number. (laughs) easy to multiply together, difficult knowing that product to factor into, into the composite primes. Sure. So like that's the underprinting of a ton of cryptography. Okay. And that's why quantum computers are so scary right now because uh, theoretically they should be able to maybe get some speed ups for that, but, huh. um, but anyway, so, so he solves it and and as the primes as, as the primes get larger and larger, like every every couple chapters or so, it'll be like, "Hey, here here are the primes, and here are the people who submitted them." Toward the end, it's like celebrities. Like he does a little homage to the Firefly cast. Like Nathan Fillion submitted one. Uh, you know, all these Firefly folks.
0: Awesome.
1: And then and then the very last one before he's doing the auction, it's like, uh, you know, Tim Cook of Apple, Jeff Bezos. Uh, uh, God, it would have um, the new the new CEO. Could, Whoever it is from Google would not have come on yet, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's all all the the people who would actually be bidding on this, and I think Apple ends up winning or something. But uh, but yeah, this this notion that there is this it, like if that were to exist, um, you know, and and if I were if I were to have possession of it, sole mm-hmm. sole possession of it, I I could imagine Putting your life dying not to let that fall into the wrong hands because that would I'm looking at your map right now and'm thinking like how would that change the geopolitical climate right like
0: yeah Interesting.
1: Um, yeah there there would be there'd be a bit of that there would um, you know uh, any any sort of extended family students, right you know if I if I take on students and you know there, there's there's a lot that I would be willing to do to do for them, I would think uh, yeah. because you know it would. And I'm very, I'm very like traditionally Japanese about this sort of stuff, right? Like this is the this is the transmission of knowledge, and if you want to study, like you better be serious about it. Yeah. I, I would hope that you'd be serious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I I say that, and then I I'm trying to put myself twenty years in the future.
0: <laughs> in the actual position. In the
1: actual it's position, it's really it's really tough. It's really tough. Um. 'Cause I think at that I mean I guess I think at that point, you know, you're you're not so you're not so much concerned with your corporeal body as you are about your you know, the the transmission of your legacy. You know, if you've if you've planted enough seeds in the world, sure. <laughs> so to speak, then you know, you just you just care about how they grow. You don't care right. about what became of you after it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. How how many Library books that you got yeah Right. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So
1: <laughs> So yeah, it's it's I mean ultimately it's it's not about me, it's about us. We're all in this together, as my as no. my dad likes to say and That is a beautiful answer. And um I yeah, I I couldn't I not not um entirely forthcoming with specifics, for which I apologize, but that's kind of the general general principle I guess. No, that's like a,
0: that's I think that that is an honest truth. so. The next question is What is it? Oh. <laughs> Where does your inspiration come from? I mean, you, oh, you kind of went yeah. into this maybe a little bit. Yeah. It? Maybe. I don't know. Did you? Inspiration. Jeez. You um, are talking about the mind of your mom and, and Ye- the heart of your dad
1: yeah I mean it's you know I, I did I got very lucky on the parent draw and it was it's always been um, you know these, these these folks who have um, not been at all shy about kind of giving back to the community I, I will speak to so I guess maybe this would be a time to speak to some some of the like amazing like formative teachers that I had especially in high school um, there were two that I well three that I'd single out um Two of them were math teachers, but I'll start with the start with kind of the wild card mm-hmm. um, a gentleman named John Hagney, who used to run the uh, the practicum in community involvement program at uh, at Lewis and Clark, which was a year long course where you would you would sign on with a local nonprofit and do work for them. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, like, and it, w- it was it was basically like so. There's you know we talk about the lack of civics education these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And this, this guy was, you know, he, um, I think he's, I came, came to find out that he like studied Russian history or something in, in his, his career. And he always had this picture of him walking alongside chatting with then president Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. black and white photograph. In the, you know corner of his classroom
0: he actually had the picture he, he had
1: the picture and and it was and it was great so like this this led to all manner of wild speculation about just what was this guy doing right is this guy ex-CIA is yeah. he you know like what's going on here and yeah I, I only i only made the russian history connection like recently like within the last year or so It's like oh it's probably you know some post post cold war type advisory role he's gonna hear this and be like, God! How much has he had to drink? <laughs> but, um, but no, he's great. And I, yeah, I've come to find out so many things about him. Like he and his wife have this have this garden that um the you know the interview garden columnist came and interviewed them about a couple months back. Um, wow! Come to find out, yeah, he's just this. I mean, he's he is a renaissance. Man. He is a yeah, he's a renaissance man. He's a philosopher in like the you know the the, <clears throat> the sense of the classic sense of the word, right? Um, and he was you know he was the. He was the high school, he was the high school teacher who, um, who really like went out of his way to treat us all as adults. Like I am, I'm, I'm going to, you know, he, he teaches or he taught, I think like an art history class at some point. Um, he was my,
0: I love that so yeah, much. Yeah.
1: He was, yeah. Um, he was my humanities teacher as a sophomore, uh-huh. um, in the Holly Mason building. If you remember when we were all like oh, packed down there and, uh, and it was just the, best thing because he'd like come in with these xerox copies of stuff from you know that, that he had poured poured through um done his like he basically gotten carte blanche with his curriculum i would imagine he absolutely was not teaching to any standard whatsoever and we just have these you know sort of socratic style dialogues in class Honestly, for the better part of an hour and it there's was classes not like that now oh yeah no there's nothing like that anymore it's all teaching to the test it's all checking off the boxes and everything so this is really freeform. I had him had him that year, and then I then I of course took the the PICI class, and ended up um, signing on with Center for Justice and and working with a guy who, uh, David Blair Loy, who is now down in California, as um, the executive director of some ACLU chapter down there, if I recall oh, correctly. Interesting. So yeah, like great great pedigree and everything. We put on a a uh, not entirely well attended Law Day May first presentation. <laughs> people were in various classes were incentivized to come for extra credit but <laughs> so so it was all like you know first amendment you know got got my my mom in who was an attorney at the time uh to speak to first amendment stuff cuz that's her passion she yeah. she was a worked with the ACLU here in town for a number of years and oh, cool. uh got a got basically like you know mm-hmm. hey your, your folks know people. Let's bring in all of these yeah. great legal professionals to talk to these high school kids. So we had a, we had a intellectual property lawyer, uh, Chris Lynch, who, who came in and wow. kind of talked about you know, digital music and That's all really the intellectual fun. property style or all that intellectual, yeah, intellectual property stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember who we had for criminal, but there was somebody who did the, you know, the, you know, here's what to do if you get stopped by the police sort of deal. Um, and it was fun that's Uh, really cool shameless kind of nepotism though as far as pulling in the guest speakers but but it was but it was great yeah i mean like again like what who who does this like where is this community partnership anymore um the class was shut down and i think it actually that's a shame i won't speak for him but i think i think he felt pretty demoralized when it got shut down and i think rightly so he 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 enjoyed it as much as as anybody for sure like you
0: were saying it doesn't it doesn't meet like any standards sadly like Mm -hmm. the standards that they have the kids are supposed to know now it's like It has nothing to do with it's those kind of things. And it has nothing to do with like community development and social justice or whatever. Right, yeah. It's it's
1: not immediately quantifiable. This is the stuff that takes years to germinate. Like so
0: important that we really need to know who gives I mean, it doesn't matter if you pass stupid no offense No no math, math and science tests. Right. I mean, that's 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 not applicable. In a lot of cases,
1: I'm know? trying to remember. There's this great line about um, you know math. Math and science will teach you X. Liberal arts and humanities will teach you like when to apply X or something right. like okay. that. Like yeah,
0: no, I like that. Um, I actually did have a class like that too, where I we did volunteer work and we had to pick a NGO, and I I worked with dude. Uh, I don't even know if they exist anymore. It was the Peace and Justice Action League of Smoke Oh the they house? absolutely do, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a I doubt. T- I totally work with the P G
1: they got a they got band now <clears throat> it's the P jammers. Oh do I've i played i played melodica with them at some of the uh the um what was it the Drag Queen Story Hour demonstrations up at South Hill and like, downtown. Is, is
0: it the same dude it's with a, the big gray beard? It's that's... the same dude with the big gray
1: beard, yeah. Oh yeah
0: dude, what's the guy's name? Oh I
1: I'll have to look it oh, up. Yeah. yeah. I, to- I,
0: I totally went The like, hat, the bells, yes. the Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, it's totally the same guy. Yeah. Uh, but that I mean that was in like 1994 and uh man, we just went like they were in a house, like that was where their headquarters was and we were <laughs> we were supposed to like interview them and do, you know, whatever, but I was like it was so I now thinking back about it now, I'm like gosh, that was so awesome, but when I was in Ninth grade, it, it didn't mean as much to me, and sadly, I didn't take it as seriously. Um, mm. But I totally worked with the Jowls;
1: those guys are something well, else. now they got that cushy spot in the mezzanine of the uh, community building.
0: Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, Jim. I, yeah, I Jim. I did not know that. I didn't know they still existed.
1: They oh dude, they're still they're still going strong. Yeah, they show up at um, <clears> they show up at all the demonstrations, and they're and they're a fun crowd too. Like
0: <laughs> very cool. They don't give up.
1: <laughs> yeah. right.
0: well rightfully so good
1: yeah yeah well right on so that, so. Was, so that was that was a civics inspiration the math inspiration the, re- the reason I want to be a, a teacher later in life um, it's it's twofold it was uh, it was the the math team coach all throughout um, all throughout high school this guy named Greg Sampson who uh who God! What an interesting guy. He had like he had a really great sense of humor. You could tell like he was. I mean, he was he was one of us. He was he was one of the nerds. Mm-hmm. But he also um, like he he had this sort of farm, you know, roughing it kind of background. And so what we what he would do like as like team building exercise and stuff like we, we ended up going we we went on a math team hike in the Wallawas, like a like an overnighter. Um, math team yeah. hike. Oh, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Wow. We'd, uh, you know, he he'd enlist the math team to like help with these competitions, right? So we would write the questions for like the elementary school kids. Um. We would we would grade. We would proctor. Like I remember being, you know, I remember grading tests. You know, watching. uh you know, be, being the judge when people would pull these little levers and the speed rounds and everything. Um, That's incredible. It was, so, I know, it was so much fun. And, and uh, yeah, it was like, so, so we do the hiking trips. He took us out to his property one time and we all, we made cider. Like, we, he had a freaking cider press. Oh, yeah. We all took home a gallon of it. Mm. It was the best. Oh, it was so much fun. I, I and, know, yeah. And so, yeah. I I
0: actually we do that every year. We, Jenny's family's got a cider press and stuff. It's so cool. Oh man, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah, it we uh, is. It's awesome.
1: We uh I think we're probably going to be doing that this next year. My dad, uh, we so we've got uh, we got a pergola in the backyard and we're we're growing some some white grapes up there. Mm-hmm. And this year my dad finally got in his head to harvest them early enough.
0: You guys are going to smash stomp them? stomp on them? We uh we
1: he already made some wine and oh my Oh my god. He um <laughs> he did not anticipate how much sugar was in those guys cause when it, when it finally finished fermenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it tasted like high, some fortified um, stuff. Like I remember, <laughs> so I remember, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sipping on this, like <clears throat> you know. <laughs> but uh, and thinking back to uh, my my enterprising uh, my enterprising high school friend, former weed dealer, uh, <laughs> one one of these guys who was just like an adult before any of any of the rest rest of us were very mm-hmm. responsible, very. Um, anyway, like he he was he was making peach wine up in his up in his. Garage attic or whatever, and so we would we'd get lit off of that stuff, and it you know tasted like shit. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it'll get you drunk. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just,
0: who cares what it tastes like? Drinking, right? Tricky. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: um, and then so and then I then I um, so junior year. Junior year was really interesting, and this is gonna be a little bit of a segue. Um, so junior year. I spent my first semester out at Cheney High School um, because my my brother, um, my immediate younger brother, the one who lives in L.A., um, got himself into some trouble in mm-hmm. middle school and had to go to Cheney for a year. Um, and I, you know, being the older brother, was like and, and, and being pretty pissed off at the circumstances surrounding all of this, mm-hmm. again, yeah, not, not going to go into it, unfortunately, but... Um, uh, Suffice it to say, it was in the days of zero tolerance. Yeah. Um, so he was out there for a year. I'm like, well, fuck y'all. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna go out and you know get my get my brother acclimated to the spot. So, um, ended up going out there. And oh god, my train of thought is oh. No, sorry. No train. Uh, where's my train of thought? Oh right. <laughs> got it. Got it back. Nope. <laughs> Yep. So, uh, so after I got back from that, which, which was great, had a, had a fun time. Uh, I was actually, I was actually on the, um, a, a member of the Cheney high school math team and went to face the LC folks and we're all waving at each other across the table. And, and I did not, and this is the funny part, like I did not get to face them head on, but I had made friends with a couple of, uh, couple of like-minded folks at Cheney. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we're sitting there in, in the audience and they're, this is the speed round, right? It's a yank on the cord yeah. sort of deal. And we're getting these answers right off the bat. And we're just waiting. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, wouldn't it be just so much fun to have been on that stage? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so so um, this is all this to say that when I went back to LC in, in January of that year um, to... 2001 yeah january 2001 um i was in my i was finally in my math team coach's class mm-hmm. um, and he bumped me up to the the calc class and that's where i first met this gentleman named rick biggerstaff who i uh took two classes from as a senior or well no no took uh, sorry took took the calc Cal class again as a took, took the Cal class as a senior um, was a uh, was a TA for his remedial math class as a junior, and it was just it was it was really interesting to see this guy because he wanted to teach he wanted to teach the gifted students and he mm-hmm. wanted to teach the folks who were playing catch up. Yeah, really he, he didn't good. want to do anything in between, and I found that really mm-hmm. interesting um, because. it it spoke to me even then like this, this guy like wants to light a fire under people. Um, If you're, if you're not liking math, he wants you to, he wants to get you to like it enough to keep going. If you really love it, he wants to send you off to college just totally prepared. Yeah. And so I was, I was doing the the TA thing for him and he invited me to sit in with the Calc students for the rest of that semester Mm -hmm. as a junior. And so that's how I ended up taking that, that AB test. And, and man, it was, oh God, I just I just loved it. I mean, I, I really felt like I was ready to hit the ground running then, and and just wow. seeing how this guy was like how he worked with these students who, you know, just I mean, this, it terrifies me to think of what it would be like to do this now with like cell phones in class. <laughs> um, but even even then, these these a lot of these students really didn't want to have anything to anything to do math. with it. Yeah. And I still, um, I've seen, I've seen some of the students that I worked with around town. Um, not, not as frequently anymore, but, um, you know, 10 years ago or so when i come back for, you know, from Seattle for holidays and whatnot, I'd see these folks and they still recognize me and since then it's great. And, and I like to think that, um, you know, to, to, to be a teacher that inspires, that inspires that level of engagement right right? to 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 be so shamelessly passionate about this subject because kids are smart kids know when you're just phoning it in
0: oh yeah 100 percent.
1: yeah and so like these 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 folks were these folks wanted to do it and you could tell like even as a even as a kid like yeah these this is not just teach not just teaching gig for them
0: that's so awesome yeah yeah
1: so that's I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely some inspiration as far as, uh, as far as the math thing is concerned. Uh, yeah, again, com- computers have always been more or less just my own yeah. sort of, sort of hustle. I mean, I had a, I had a good teacher at um, when I was kind of on the, on the slips at UW. I started going to Seattle Central Community College up there on Capitol Hill on Broadway. and uh, that was where I first got my taste of um, kind of like database driven web page, like dynamic web page design. Like, here, we're going to pull these records. Like, and pretty much any anything functional and personalized that you would see on the web these days. This is my first intro to that. And had a guy who was, yeah, just super down to earth. Adjunct professor, worked in the industry. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. That was a huge confidence booster. Um,
0: that's so... all oh, that's so awesome for me to hear. Because, <laughs> I mean, I... I, you know, I'm a teacher. And I... I, I want I I mean I, I don't know if it's selfishly, but I totally want that. I wanna like I I want some kid to be inspired because of something that I said or something that I did that like he he knew was not me just blowing steam, you know? It's like, no, I'm passionate about this. This is this is important stuff. hmm Gosh, that's awesome to hear.
1: Well, then the yeah, the, the whole politics of education, I mean I can understand wanting to put metrics on things but you you have to be reasonable about what you're measuring right well, these 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 things take a while to come to fruition sometimes like and our the, the current fact that secretary of education <laughs> confirmed by conf- only 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 in that position because pence had to come cast a tie-breaking vote if i recall correctly Is that right? yeah, i think so i think a little bit a little bit of trivia there i think pence had to come in and do his president of the senate role and well, sign off on that.
0: Good on him. Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah. This is a crack, not to pence. This is yeah. a crack of.
0: Uh...
1: <laughs> oh, still good. Yep, still good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, no foam emergency.
0: <laughs> anyway, I don't, I, I'd rather actually not get into politics. No, um. So,
1: do you feel in control of your life? More so than ever, actually, within the last five months. <laughs> I, awesome! I was going to say, like, yeah. let, me, let me put it this way. <laughs> that, was, that was an immediate answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, um, and, it, you know, it's all relative, right? Like, yeah. I, I have been for a long time, I'm, I'm, I, t- I talk about all this, oh, you know, math team, you know, early advancement, blah, 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 blah. Doing well academically, I, I felt like I felt like in retrospect, I'm kind of just checking off the boxes, right? I'm doing I'm doing what the folks tell me to do. I'm being the dutiful student. Sure. Um, and, and you know, having run into those kind of later troubles of my own making, um, really leaned leaned quite heavily on the folks, and I and I'm very fortunate to be in a position to be able to do that, mm-hmm. having having folks who are understanding. Who are financially capable to support an adult kid, mm-hmm. right? Like adult child. Uh, how do you put it? <laughs> Man, child. <huh? laughs> um, but uh, but no, they've they've always been they've always been great about it, and and I you know I, I say I say more so than ever because yeah I, as as you know um, had this great uh, pick of pick of three jobs back in May. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up going with the bank and I, I am self-sufficient. I'm saving money. Um, tap house is probably one of my big budget items, <laughs> probably one of my biggest budget items, but happy with it. It's good. Good. You know, gotta get my, gotta get my society in. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something I've had, I've had chats with my folks about this. Like there's, there's nothing like, Nothing like financial self-sufficiency to make you feel in control of things oh, now now that being said, like I think I think I would feel a lot more helpless had I not had some of this you know civic engagement and upbringing like I, again, I, I don't want to get into the politics either, but just I, I hear I hear helpness, helplessness, I hear apathy um, and I just I, I understand it, but I don't necessarily see why folks aren't more willing to get engaged because there are opportunities out there and maybe it's just an education thing honestly that's that's probably it people just do not know enough or do not have a sense of their mm-hmm. own power in the system that we're in um, I think that's a huge part of it mm-hmm but well and and you know the battle for attention right
0: like well, that's we're like, we're, mon- we're monetizing that's human it, condition, it
1: in, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, suffice to say I, I, and, well, and, and maybe, okay, so here's an interesting segue, right? So, end of high school, uh, late June, 2002, my folks send me off on the National Outdoor Leadership School month-long hiking river program, um, in like southwestern Montana, central Idaho. Jeez. So this is basically like... Work awesome, oh no, it's great no and and it was it was life changing for me, and here's why <laughs> they um they outfit you with like a sixty pound pack um basically kick you out of the car with a couple of, you know I think we had a trio of instructors mm-hmm. and you go out and you hike from point a to point b and you know wow. I think think it was like. Eight or nine days, and then then you'd go. They they picked us up. They brought us back to reequip, and then we did another little hike through another range. Um,
0: Is it all a bunch of city folk that don't know what they're doing? There were like
1: there were I think two or three folks from Martha's Vineyard. One of whom I one of whom I had like I really got to know quite well. Wow. And and oh and here's so here's a here's a here's the funny part. I brought a lot. <laughs> there, there there are plenty of funny parts, but here's here's what. Here's one of the things that made me one of the one of the more popular people on that particular trip. <laughs> I mentioned my I mentioned my slide into into cannabis consumption. <laughs> oh! I was the only person who had the foresight to sneak about half a dozen joints in with my Woo! pack of playing cards on the trip. So, <laughs> so after a, after a, a long hard. day of hiking, <laughs> and we all made camp <laughs> kind of far away from others. Uh, we, yeah we we'd occasionally and I, and this is like kind of how I kind of how I justify it. I air quotes here, but uh, <laughs> um, i I didn't break in my boots all that well and I didn't have a lot of moles, moleskin along, so I had blisters like a like uh. for days um, to the point where like I when I finally started complaining about it and went to the instructors, they're like, how in the world <laughs> how in the world have you been like pulling off?" Well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I got my own little leaf thing going on. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, we had, some, we had some good little, like, campfire conversations with that. And, oh, I'm sure you did. And it was great. You know, it was like responsible indulgence, right? We're all out here in the wilderness, and, you know, I've, I've never looked back. I don't apologize for that at all. Um,
0: What's to apologize for?
1: Yeah, yeah. Technically, we're not supposed to be doing it. Did the instructors catch? Did the instructors catch wind? I like to think that they did, <laughs> and they let it slide. But uh... I'm glad somebody had a good idea. <laughs> so, so being on that, um, it um, it instilled in me, you know, like here, here's basically all that you need to get by. Like here's here's what's important. You, you need to be able, you need, you need a, a warm sleeping bag. You need, you know, enough food, you need the means to cook it. You need a campfire to sit around and you need, and you need, you need people. You need people to share it with. So, um, all this to say that when I got to college, uh, I was a very strict minimalist. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I didn't,
1: I didn't like, I didn't adorn my, you know. Uh, when when I moved out of the dorms, um, moved in with some folks. Like my room was just this monastic cell, like not a whole lot on the walls. Didn't didn't end up spending a lot of money. Um, ended up taking actually this is another fun fun aside. Uh, so I was on the the meal plan that my folks had for me um, at UW that first year. I kind of ate like a bird just mm-hmm. because that's how I am. Had about eleven hundred bucks left over. that They gave me in a refund check, pocketed that, and my my brother and I. <laughs> Um, Told my folks we were going to Seattle, and I've I've told them this story, so I have no problem with it getting out. But like, uh, told my folks we were going to drive over Seattle for like five or six days to visit some friends over there. We took our, uh, my dad's 83 Land Cruiser and drove down to San Francisco to visit a completely different set of my brother's friends. That's
0: awesome.
1: And uh, yeah, just road tripping, trading off on the wheel. Uh, I think we stayed in, we stayed in Eugene, either Eugene or, well, yeah, it would have been Eugene. Um, at a little motel there and did the rest of the drive the next day. Drove across the bridge and like picture. Awesome. And, and, and like our, our, like our soundtrack for that was like things like friggin', uh Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. Um, a lot of Sonic Youth, a lot of Nirvana. Um, oh, yeah. my, Cause my brother was, was, an, and honestly has always been the, the, musical aficionado like pop musical aficionado of the group and he even like he did a deep dive into classical like he was buying buying up deutsche Grammophone records used um, when he was back in town here it's got like three or four shelves just these great classical vinyls was doing some volunteer work at spr like if he were still in town i like to think he would be hosting a classical music show one of like on the weekends or something very cool so he's yeah he's he's got that and he'll yeah he'll he won't cop to it he's too He's the strong silent type, oh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we just had, we just had such a good time on that trip. And then, um, yeah, just coming back from coming back and starting college with that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I went, uh, I went in very short order from, from, uh, one of the, one of the people who maybe had a bit more life experience going in to kind of shamelessly clinging to the glory days, uh, <laughs> by the end of it. Which, you know, I just, I just don't cool. see any reason to change, man. Like a lot of, um, a lot of what, a lot of the, you know, I, under, I understand people taking on responsibilities and it's part of being an adult, right? But insofar as I don't necessarily yeah, don't feel the to, drive to, yeah. right, yeah. like no, why amazing. should I, why should I, and, and I don't, I, there was a, there was a time a couple of years ago when I was kind of getting hung up on, you know, you know, should I be at a different point in my life?
0: Not really. No.
1: I'm just gonna own who I am. Um. <laughs> you you are living your life, and
0: I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? Uh, yeah. Well, um, what have you done that's truly wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and, or I mean, if if you yeah. Uh, so can, can something be truly wrong, as as kind
1: of a. Well, second Oh, that's like a little well, platonic ethics sort of deal. Uh, sure. Uh, well, I I I have done things that that by my own standards are wrong. Um I I try not to dwell on them, but but I do I, I will say that when, when people um when people call me out, um I really I mean even if it's something trivial and even if they couch it in like very very flowery terms like oh you know would you please blah 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 thanks um it stings it stings yeah. I, I like to i like to think i live a fairly ethical life yeah but i will i will point to a i will point to a specific story by way of apology to the person involved um i was pulling into this, this is it's gonna sound really trivial but still weighs still weighs on me um was pulling into the Huckleberry's parking lot after a after a hike with some friends, mm-hmm. and I pulled in and I like sideswiped somebody ever ever so slightly, and I got out and I checked I checked where I saw that I had hit them, and I didn't see any damage, so I walked into Huckleberry's, um, did my business, I was getting into my car, I I was honestly going to pull out because I because I didn't see any damage to their car. Like, mm-hmm. if I would seen something oblivious, or, like, obvious, I would have, I would have written a note. Yeah. But I didn't see anything. Um, I'm, I'm about, I'm stepping into my car, like, about to step into my car, and I hear this person shouting from the, the ace uh, over there, um, are you going to leave a note? Are you going to leave a note? Because, because, you know, for the, for the car, to the car that I just saw you hit, like, very shrill judgmental yeah
0: yeah
1: um and and here's here's where I, I mean here's where i feel really wrong apart from apart from not just like leaving one out of out of course like it's not it's not my judgment call to make right um but i, I said something like oh I, I made a big show of going up and looking at at everything and it's like oh well of course i'm gonna leave a note and she kind of huffed and walked off, and and it just so happened, and I was about to I was about to go and write a note at that point, but it just so happened the owners of the car were coming up, and I said something like, oh, um, you know this this woman, um, you know I I didn't, and this this was a, this was a straight up lie on my mm-hmm. part, straight up lie. Um, oh, you know I I didn't I didn't think I hit you, but this woman t- tells me that I did, and here's where I think I here's where I where she was pointing to, and they look at it and you know, it's the same sort of thing. Like, no, there's, I don't see anything there. Um, it's all good. So I was explaining this, um, to a friend of mine, not three or four days ago in a mm-hmm. similar conversation where we were, where, where at least I was a few drinks in and, and, uh, being like, and, and he's trying to assuage my guilt by saying, Oh, this is just some busy body, like didn't have anything better to do. And I, the way that I ended up explaining to him is like it's it's not about it's not about that it's not about whether or not I did something objectively wrong because if I because if this person hadn't been there and I had just driven off anyway then it seems that nothing Nothing. would ever have come of it anyway but where I feel ashamed and where I feel like I absolutely did wrong is I was I was not I was not honest to myself and I was not honest to them Uh, at least yeah to to the to the potentially wronged party um and you know if i if i had been in this this woman's position the, the person who saw it i like to think that i would not have been so pro i would i would not have felt like this sense of moral outrage i would probably have taken out my phone taken a picture okay. of the of the would-be party informed the folks whose car it was that, Hey, this person did this and they didn't do anything. And if you feel that you have some damages that you'd yeah, like to get I, back to, I've got the information. Knows. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it was, it was a personal moral failing on my part. Um, and that's, and that's, I think that we just have to be accountable to ourselves. Right. So, sure. yeah. Um, I mean. and in, and in so far as we're not, in so far as we're not being our best people, um, that's, that's where I can say objectively that I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Now getting to your larger point about <laughs> what is capital R right, what is capital W wrong? Yeah. That I got, yeah, I don't know, man. That's uh, a, <laughs> that's a, that's a much broader subject. All right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not without sin <laughs> to yeah. be sure. No, no, I, well, I, I think your answer is
0: very good um and matter of fact
1: and you know and to you know by way of apology to these folks if they're to be listening um I'm sorry yeah I'm sorry I had that feeling well I, I should have come clean and you know what would it have cost me yeah my little bit of dignity shit
0: well apparently nothing <laughs> small price nothing <laughs> happened anyhow so
1: well, you're too you're too kind well,
0: anyway no that's that's good and hey it'd be awesome if they actually did hear that and they would appreciate it mm-hmm. um so this the, this next questions it's it's it can be taken a lot of different ways um <laughs> and I I added it because well you'll see uh what <laughs> is your opinion about the natural hierarchical order in reference to humanity,
1: the natural hierarchical order in reference to humanity. Yeah. So like, hu- like, like humans are the apex predators and put on this like.
0: Uh, I didn't specifically think of it that way, but God uh, made the uh, world for
1: us, or uh, like <laughs> I don't know. Sure, like, I mean
0: that's what I. That is actually why I worded it so oddly, uh, because it's it's a combination of a lot of the other questions that I wanted to ask, and I wanted to narrow it down, and I wanted the people to answer the question in a way that is their perspective on it. So... Yeah, if you want to think of it as an apex predator thing in, in a world where we are the virus. or, we are the virus. or <laughs> Human or, beings are
1: a disease, a cancer <laughs> of this planet. You're a plague. And we are the <laughs> cure. No, sorry. Or, no, it's
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I actually think that that's one of the most profound things in a movie. It's, that such, I, it's
1: such a good line. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, or... Or, yeah, if you want to... I mean, I imagine that I'm going to interview people that have, like, a a more religious stance on it and that, yeah, man has dominion over the earth or whatever and what does that mean and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it could be taken in a lot of Hmm. different other ways as well. Hierarchical order being who are the the humans that are in positions of power. Oh, yeah. Those that aren't in...
1: The, well, I'm...
0: Is that a natural occurrence? Is that a cultural relative thing, or is that like a a societal, I mean, there's this can go any anywhere. Oh, man.
1: So well, all of that being said, <laughs> we have to address this on several fronts, <laughs> um, and maybe, that, maybe, yeah, maybe some of these will weave together. Another thing about it. Um, so this this notion that we we. We fancy ourselves as, you know, the, the owners of planet Earth and that everything here is is basically for us couple thing, couple things to that effect. <laughs> uh, the food the food chain is a very real thing <laughs> mm-hmm. insofar as we're cutting out the foundation by way of, you know, ocean pollution, rising temperatures, all this sort of stuff. Um, we will reap what we sow. Like that that's just that's the consequence of living in a relatively closed system yeah. on the earth. Like, um, and, and anybody who is going to be all judgmental with this, I'm going to be trying to be more, try to be more educational <laughs> in my <laughs> approach. Um, so are you familiar with like the, like the logistic curve, the exponential curve, like these graphs, right? These sort of, so the logistical one is where it's, it's like sort of an S shape that, that kind of goes and is kind of ever rising until it hits this inflection point and then starts to taper off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's reflective of, a, it's reflective of situations in which there's kind of a natural limit on resources. Say,
0: yeah, totally. I didn't know what you're talking about.
1: Um, and then, and then contrast that with, you know, like in entrepreneurial circles, like people are looking for the hockey stick growth, right? This, this exponential curve that just, okay, it's slow for a while, and oh, here it shoots off. I think, and this is is not my original thought. I read this somewhere, and it just resonated with me, but I think that a lot of folks um, believe that with regard to, like, economics, right, we're going to continue on this ever-increasing upward trajectory, and my thought is, that's kind of myopic. I think I think we're probably on the first half of the logistic curve. Okay. And I think that the second half is going to be uh, a lot more pronounced because of the current economic incentives. Um, you know, we're we're undermining California's emission standards. We're don't want to get too political with it, but we're like doing all of these things that it's, it's this sort of protectionist sort of approach, right? We have, we have the technology to do it better and to cut down on this, and we are yet continuing to subsidize the old ways of thinking because these people have jobs, these people um, are voters, and politically it would, just doesn't make sense to cut the base out from under do you. Um, I'm sympathetic in one sense. I think it's tremendously short-sighted. Um, the, with regard to, let's see, with regard to, I, I would say that the income gap is a big, big kind of hot button for me in, in regard to the hierarchy. Like okay. you, you read, um, it's, and it's just widening. I think top 1% now are more or less on par with, uh, in terms of wealth with like the entirety of the lower 50%. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to sigh and take a drink here Uh, thinking about that um (laughs) i ah, man i just i just don't i just don't understand it so like so so the technology we're, we're, we're getting to a point where a lot of, I mean, a lot of blue-collar jobs are, have already been automated out of existence. <clears throat> but we're getting to the point where, you know, we've got things like the GP2 language model that can more or less make these predictive-sounding texts and everything. Um, we've got all of this sophisticated machine learning and AI that is butting in on what, what quote-unquote, white-collar workers would be doing. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really interesting, like, I want to like stand in the way of change, but I do, I do think that I I am sympathetic to things like, uh, maybe like universal basic income to the extent that we need, we, we, it, it doesn't make sense as a society to drive people to poverty and crime when we could just be assuring a baseline and, Sounds like, like I mean, Yang is really pushing. Yeah, I mean so gosh, I'm, I'm just trying to like So if we go with if we go with the current paradigm, like the, the current paradigm basically says I mean do you, really trying to stir up for words here. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. But I, this this notion that um, this notion that if a, if a, if a machine can take your job then you are then like worthless as a as a as a worker or something. Mhm. Um, I mean, I don't have any I don't have any problem per se with machines taking the jobs, but let the humans have a creative outlet, right? Mhm. Let the humans enjoy their lives on the earth. Um, and I just like how much is enough really right right like I, I'm, I'm again sympathetic to these folks who are socking away their wealth to provide for their children future generations but at what at what cost to society right getting back to the whole you know being out in the wilderness and everything I I know and I, and I've heard studies that suggest that you know past about 70,000 $70, bucks a year, right? right? So yeah, you start numbered. to yeah, mm-hmm. you start to taper off. You hit that plateau of, you know, that happiness to income mm-hmm. ratio and then it's all more money, more problems. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about the mindset that drives people to accumulate.
0: Mhm.
1: Right. Um yeah i I would really like to explore that honestly from a psychological point of view well because there i mean i think I think some folks are you know gamers and point chasers and it's just you know it's just another metric to maximize and and that's fine if if you're of that mindset but you know that's 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 the logical brain thinking that's not the heart <laughs> you know that's that's the getting back to my my analogy it's like that's the brain thinking without the heart yeah and you gotta you gotta have the heart. You gotta realize that um, it's not just about you, it's not just about your score, it's not just and I think Peter, Peter's I've heard spoken to this at the bar a few times, like, you know, philanthropy's all well and good, but you can turn off the spigot at any time. And what what is really needed is more of a social justice aspect to it. Progressive taxation, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, 100%. having having only been having only been making a uh, you know fairly decent amount of money for the past five months, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll become a Republican here in a year <laughs> or so. But <laughs> oh, geez. the one the one that I heard was uh, so so one of my one of my best friends, uh, he's he's the person I'm uh, probably going to be going to Seattle next weekend to pay a visit to some of these folks, and mm-hmm. we've known each other since elementary school. He is he grew up in a conservative household, and he was the shameless. He, he was the guy who in in college in Seattle was rocking the Bush Cheney two thousand four bumper sticker on his car to troll people, because he's a griefer, <laughs> and uh, and we all loved him for it, and we haven't been able to pry who he voted for in the last presidential election out of him yet. <laughs> but I hope, I hope he doesn't ever tell you. But no, I hope he doesn't either. <laughs> he's uh, he's but but that's the thing, like you know, we we have. We have interests that predate politics, right? And and it's just great. And and this this here's my here's my nugget of wisdom <laughs> that I'm going to drop. And I was I was trying to tell Karin this earlier this evening. Um, the only I, I firmly believe this. The the only thing that can disrupt a deeply held belief mm-hmm. is a more deeply held belief. Like
0: one hundred percent.
1: So. You know, if you're if you're not gonna appeal to somebody by arguing partisan politics, you you go straight to the family or the pocketbook or you know something like that, um, and and frankly the whole the whole trying to trying to treat political debate like it's a gladiatorial match, not really feeling it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there are people who shall remain unnamed, <laughs> who. Make a sport of it. <laughs> um, but even, even, even they in their, their confessions to me have suggested that, yeah, they just don't have the patience for it anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the only thing you can do is understand and, and hope that in a good-natured conversation you will maybe plant some seeds that, again, take root down the road, that they, you know, in their, in their emotionally vulnerable moments when they're sitting in bed at night, going to sleep, thinking over the day, like, oh, that's an interesting point. Right. I might. I might about that. Right,
0: exactly. Like you're saying, do and um, do they truly believe what they're saying or are they just repeating something that they've heard? Right. And hopefully the information that you you're sharing among each other is gonna change something.
1: Right. And yeah. and I and I like to think um I like to think that we're still Maybe, I mean, maybe not entirely at the same sort of mean level of discourse, right? And um, might have ramped one way or the other. I will say that the volatility, whereas it used to be, like, maybe like this, it's, it's just all, ag- now. yeah, it's way, it's way more erratic. Um,
0: I, I, yeah, there's, there's this odd change in society that is very volatile, like, where, where um, people just People can really turn on a dime quickly, you know. Is I there... guess that's what turning on a dime means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Department of turning Dime. <laughs> <Now. laughs> uh, but
0: guess,
1: no, the, but the, yeah, there's um, like there's
0: anger or what, like the.
1: Take, uh, yeah, taking taking offense at you know, and I, you know, I'm I've been guilty of this. Like there have been times when I've been at the bar and and you know my 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 fellow regulars and I we tend to be fairly of a piece politically, yeah, but yeah. um. But I remember when I was kind of demoing that um, that sort of campaign finance map thing that I had gone a few months ago. Yeah. And there were there was a woman who um, who kind of challenged me on it, and and it was great because she was I think she worked for the prosecutor's office here in town, oh, okay. um, different political stripe, um, and and was just like as she put it like no I'm 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 not coming after you personally I'm you know just kind of playing devil's advocate, um, and I remember like. I'm I'm feeling the blood starting to boil a little bit, but trying to trying to keep it rational because I'm dealing with I'm dealing with a legal professional. Um Yeah. I I've been you know, here here's here's where the rubber meets the road. Like how how do you behave in an adversarial situation? And that's really the test, right? Like you know, here hear this one repeated over and over again in literature and philosophy and everything like that. It's like the measure of a person is not how they behave under comfortable circumstances, but how they comport themselves when, you know, stuff gets real. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was interesting. And I, and, I, and I really felt like I learned a lot from that conversation. Just as I feel like, you know, um, if I go and get my ass kicked at the boxing gym, I'll... <laughs> I, I, that's the only way I improve. Yeah. That was a more recent development. Now the trainer's going to hear this and be like, hey, where have you been the last week? <laughs>
0: <sighs> that, well, that, all of, all of Did those, that
1: Did
0: that address the point? <laughs> uh, it, it addressed it enough that it was, yeah, to, what, totally. <laughs> yeah, because there, uh, there isn't like a, there isn't a real answer for this. I'm asking what your opinion is, and, and I think you shed a lot of light on your opinion. Um, well, this wraps it up. We're on the last question. Does it? Okay. Oh, the last question is... Too short a it, time. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a little lighthearted, Or, well, maybe.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite beer? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, that's not lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> that's a serious... We're going to have words <laughs> about a this one. That's <laughs> serious question. No.
0: Um, what is your theme song? My theme song? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is a question to end all
1: questions. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh jeez. <laughs>
0: Maybe it's not that lighthearted. I was I, I gonna mean, say, like for, for me it really isn't. And and I I was hoping that most people that they'd just be like, Oh, I can totally identify to this song and and a lot of people have, but the more the more I found out is that People are a lot like me, and it's just well, it completely depends on how I'm feeling on that day.
1: So yeah, it's it's pretty it's 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 pretty all over the map for me. I I I will say I when I was when I was still a fairly petulant young man, um, <laughs> I identified a lot with uh, with with jealous guy by John Lennon. You know that like piano ballad that he does. I about...
0: do not
1: think I do. Oh, it's great! It's great. Um, it's basically like the story of my romantic career through high school. Oh. Huh. Like having having, you know, crushes on people who that were unrequited and. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was trying to catch your eye. I thought that you were trying to hide or something like that. Um, Never meant to hurt you, never meant to make you cry, didn't want to hurt you, just a jealous guy. Um, so that's,
0: a, that's a John Lennon song, like in his solo career? It's a solo career, yeah,
1: it's oh, off of Imagine, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a great song, fun. beautiful song. Um, I would say, <laughs> honestly, the ones the ones that came to mind were both, uh, were, were um, like theme songs from television shows. <laughs> like, like, inv- like Invader Zim, which doesn't have any lyrics to it whatsoever, but it's just this... Uh, I mean, you're familiar with the premise of that show? I don't know. Huh. It's this kind of misanthropic uh, alien that <laughs> that gets sent to Earth as a as more more or less as, as punishment. Like they're trying, he's, his his peers are trying to exile him, so they yeah. send him to conquer the planet Earth, and he's doing a horrible job of it. <laughs> This is, I, it was one of those like Ren and Stimpy type shows that had no place on Nickelodeon. Um, the guy, the guy who, Invader uh, Zim. it's called Invader Zim. They um, they did a Netflix movie release this just within the past couple months, actually. And.
0: Uh, and Ren you, and Stimpy was is my favorite cartoon of all time.
1: Oh, dude! Yeah, you <laughs> really? Oh my god! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So this one, yeah. So this was this was um, spearheaded by a guy named Jonan Vasquez who. Uh, who did a bunch of graphic novels leading up to this, uh, the most famous of which was called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac.
0: Oh, I'm very familiar with Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. Squib or it's Squee, yeah, yeah Squee. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
1: so he... Johnny nice, the he, Homicidal Maniac was so good. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. great. So, he, yeah, there's a great panel in there. It's a, it's a couple of, like, goth hipsters going out and talking about Terry Gilliam movies, and <laughs> Gilliam is God. <laughs> I love that, because Brazil's one of my favorites, and... Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. I love that sort of surrealistic stuff. It's it's all it's all of a piece with my Monty Python upbringing. Like I, I got exposed to Monty Python at a uh, surprisingly early age.
0: Me too, man. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Like I I've been a fan of Monty Python for since I was probably seven years old. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I...
1: Up top. Oh yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I and. and... The first time... I mean, I watched I watched The Flying Circus before I saw the Holy Grail movie. Oh, okay. And, and See, I had to go from, back. Yeah. From the library. Like, I... When I was... I grew up in Hilliard. And I went to the Hilliard library, and they had my Python Flying Circus VHS tapes. And I would watch them, and... <clears throat> completely changed my world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I was like, in the summer of third grade to fourth grade, I watched the Holy Grail for the first time. And again, <laughs> it's just like, uh, there's certain people on this planet that are completely different <laughs> than somebody <laughs> than everybody else.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So I ended up, um, <clears throat> I ended up reading, uh, um, Ernest Cline's Ready Player One, mm. um, a couple, I think, a couple years before the movie came out, it was it was recommended to me by by some some folks, and I just I tore through that one, and there's that there's that chapter in there, or, well there are a couple, there's one where, where it's like three or four pages just him listing off all of the pop culture references that he's studied in an attempt to like get at this Easter egg. Oh. And he listed about half a dozen sci-fi authors that some, some of whom I had heard of, like Neil Stevenson, William Gibson, that sort of stuff. Um, and he, you know, rattled off like uh, and like Heinlein and a few others, but um, rattled off. Uh, I think it was Roger roger zelazny who I who I'd never heard of, it's like this Golden Age of Sci-Fi author. Um, ended up like picking up a short story collection of his and one of his novels and. Just loving it, man. Like just hmm. incredible stuff that I probably would not have come across had it not been for this book, but but I remember Terry that, Gilliam was one of them? Oh no no no, no. Oh. Terry well Terry Gilliam like Terry Gilliam was always, you know, in my in my mind as uh, Patsy and the Bridgekeeper, and you know all these roles that he played in, in Holy Grail, but uh, but there was a scene in or there, there was a there was a the chapter chair. Yeah, the car- yeah. Oh. <laughs> Caught in <laughs> old <fat. laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the comfy yeah. chair. You will sit in the comfy chair with, put a newspaper and a cup of coffee to tide you over to lunchtime. <laughs> so, oh, so I did. Um, I actually did some. Went, the the one debate tournament that I got into because I was a math teamer. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I had a, one of my best friends in, in high school was was on debate team and suckered me into it. And and I was just I was ultimately too shy to be assertive enough to debate. Um, but I did I did uh, for my. Humorous interpretation. I think I did the argument sketch. Oh gosh. Like as as one person. Um, Cause Which I Which room. What's that? Which room? Oh, oh all room? of them, <laughs> yeah. Like no the whole the whole thing. Like, oh get hitting him. Oh I'm sorry, this is abuse. <laughs> Shut oh your I mouth see what well, that explains you. it. Yeah stupid git <laughs>
0: Miraculous snotty face.
1: <laughs> uh, is this the right room for an argument? I told you once. No, you didn't. <laughs> I can still like oh, no, it's, it's like not. yesterday, man, like some of these ones this, the spam sketch. I think my brother and I did that at elementary school for no kidding. Like to the, the, the talent show like spam Yeah, we were we were very strange birds. Wow. <laughs> what a strange person (laughs) but there's yeah there's that there's that scene in um it's not in the movie adaptation of ready player one but but like one of the final gates that he has to cross is to basically recite the entirety of monty python's holy grail movie oh front to back and i like to think that i could do a pretty good job of of that one and and the movie that i've Seen probably more than any other, um, which is the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, probably seen that several dozen times.
0: Yeah, me too. I but there's no way that I could quote, My Pipe or the Holy Grail. I especially like the, like the reporter weird. Stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, the
1: <laughs> the, de, <laughs> the defeat the, the French taunting took the knights su- completely by surprise. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All the readerships gonna be like, yeah, he totally didn't get that one right yeah, at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
0: yeah, wow. Well, but I'm yeah, so, so so
1: yeah, I don't know. Like, this, I say the invaders in like, theme song. I like and the
0: jealous guy thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that for you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a good one.
0: But I you know, I don't know what invaders Zim is, but I gotta check it out.
1: I'll come up with. I'll I'll, I'll walk out of here and like five minutes later text you be like, no, no, I should have said this one. <laughs> Just add that in. Wait. <laughs> Wait, how can you do that? <laughs> It
0: was this. (laughs) (laughs) Say and spell. Say and spell. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it, man. Dude,
1: that was great. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Right on.